0: Hello, this is Gary, and you're listening to Timeline Astrology. Hello, and welcome back to Timeline Astrology Podcast. Today, my guest is Vedic astrologer Barry Rosen, and our topic today is Saturn and its transit in sidereal Capricorn. Barry Rosen has been practising Vedic Astrology since 1987. He has studied in India and has spoken at the American Council of Vedic Astrology Conferences in Sedona since 1999, as well as at the British Association of Vedic Astrology in London since 2006. He has been involved in Vedic culture since 1973 and is a long-time meditation and yoga teacher. So myself and Barry sat down for a brief but I think in-depth conversation about Saturn's transit in Capricorn and all that implies taking a look at mundane events as well as more personal transits. And I think you'll enjoy the conversation. Um, I started by asking Barry, as I do all my guests, how he tunes into the muse of Vedic astrology. If there was a ritual, a practice or a routine he follows in order to tune into the cosmos.
1: You know, since probably you know 1989, I I I've been doing calendars of daily transits, um, and so I have I actually take a Western astrological calendar with all the aspects, and I add all the Vedic, I add the you know the Titis and the and the you know and all the all the you know the moon transits, and and I add you know all the the major events to that calendar, and I look at that calendar visually you know every day. Um, and it, you know, you know, for years, this has kind of triggered a a strong connection with, with the planets, you know, this has started to kind of talk to me because of that. And because I've just kind of looked at the daily transits every day for, you know, maybe 30 years. So that, that's how I turn into the, that's how my muse gets stirred up. And I do some Vedic chanting at the beginning of readings and, and, you know, I do some Vedic pujas in the morning every day and all of those kind of keep me, um, connected to the muse to the Jupiter bed.
0: Hmm. Sounds good. So today's um, topic is actually a topic we hadn't initially uh, decided upon um, because we were initially going to talk about 2020 transits, but obviously that is a huge topic um, and. I guess you thought it better to just hone in on a specific transit, and that is of Saturn in Capricorn. So you've written this ebook um on the very subject. So uh, let me just get the title up. It's The Mysteries of Saturn and Capricorn, Mastering Their Energies for Growth and Transformation. So let's talk about Saturn in Capricorn then. Um, what, what, what are your initial thoughts when I say Saturn in Capricorn?
1: Well, you know, obviously... Um hard work, (laughs) Um, but hard work that will be kind of suddenly, you know, come to fruition. So, you know, sometimes when Saturn's, um, you know, not placed well, you know, in in its long series of transits, it's like we can work hard, but we may not get the results of our hard work. But, you know, Saturn and Capricorn will give us, you know, the the results of our hard work. And then Jupiter, you know, going in there also will then kind of even bring more fruition and it's always kind of to me Capricorn is always so good for business um and and you know one of the things about Saturn and Jupiter which we'll have coming up is it's kind of like a it's a manifesting energy and so to me when you get Saturn and Jupiter together it 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 particularly manifests things in Capricorn um particularly good for Capricorn descendants. and then you know it'll it'll manifest whatever house is connected to Cancer in your sign also Mm -hmm. So if you're Capricorn rising, you know, uh, you know, I've been telling a lot of people and they're in a marriage period in the dashas, then Saturn, Jupiter aspect in Cancer will, you know, manifest some type of relationship or partnership.
0: Mm. And we should I should just say for listeners, uh, just in case they didn't grab that word dashas that's basically a planetary cycle so you can be in a Saturn uh, cycle or Dasha or any of the planets so obviously for someone who's in a cycle of Saturn they're going to feel the transit of Saturn and where it's placed in their horoscope uh, a lot more than someone who's in another cycle so let me just ask you then about more specifically about the transits because obviously this is a two and a half year um, transit it kind of Peaks its head into uh, Aquarius sidereal Aquarius remember uh, listeners who we're talking about sidereal zodiac and it comes back into Capricorn so it'll be two and a half years and finish it out by 2023 um but shall we break that down into each year because each year Saturn transits a particular lunar mansion or nakshatra that we use in Indian astrology
1: okay so um uttarashada nakshatra is you know just you know a wonderful nakshatra uh, for kind of uh, manifesting um, desires. And, and particularly, uh, you know, the best part of it is between like six degrees and 40 minutes and like 11 degrees. It's called the uh, um, Abhijit, um Nakshatra. And, and that Nakshatra, you know, is considered, you know, is ruled by Lord Brahma. So it's kind of magical for, you know, victory. I know um, Barack Obama was... Um, I think his, his his natal Saturn was and his Jupiter I think are both in that nakshatra and you know if you if you if you didn't know much Vedic astrology and you looked at his chart and you thought oh he's not going to get reelected in, in, you know with the debilitated Jupiter and you know in that you know um, you know you, you you would be totally wrong and he got he got elected president at the end of his Jupiter period and um, continued strong in you know, being of his Saturn period so it's a very kind of victorious. Nakshatra, and and so to me that's in some ways some of the best part of of um, the transit, um, you know, because it's it's such a powerful nakshatra. So those first ten degrees, which will which we get through maybe January two thousand twenty one, I think are are quite quite wonderful. So I, to me, I've you know just told you know particularly when when Jupiter goes in there too. So I, I feel like it's going to be kind of a strong kind of manifesting. Energy and even you know some people always are worried that the stock market's going to crash and, and in 1961 we had Jupiter and Saturn you know conjunct in, in Capricorn um, and, and and that was the first year of John F Kennedy's reign and the stock market was up strongly that year so it's a good it's a good tra- uh, transit for business. Mm.
0: I think that's the key word, isn't it, for Capricorn? It's business. Yes. So whether, it's just, well, whether or not that's good for other Jupiterian things, like uh, ethics and morals, is is another matter.
1: Right, and that that's a real problem because you know actually you know China China is a Capricorn rising chore, and they have their moon at 10 degrees, and you know the original feeling was I, I you know when I, when I was first thinking about it, I said, oh Saturn is going to go into Capricorn next year. This is going to be so good for for china and um you know obviously it's it's you know they're going into the height of satisat you know with saturn going over their natal moon um and 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 when we look at their dashas they're running a mercury dasha period um and mercury is conjunct k2 in in virgo um and so this mercury mercury period even mercury k2 period then become kind of difficult the next three years for them and so they should be you know i thought they would just go into full glory with saturn going into capricorn um and and you know the context of their doshas is kind of not so great for the next three years and and it's kind of you you mentioned ethics and, and you know china china is the epitome it's a capricorn country and because jupiter owns the 12th house and the and the third house you know capricorns always have trouble with business ethics and you know we've had this whole kind of the us has had this whole kind of uh, ethical war with them stealing you know around piracy and it seems like part of what's happening in china now is that they have to really kind of look at what's going on in their country and you know can can totalitarian, totalitarian energies kind of continue Um, And they're getting worse now with Saturn and Capricorn. (laughs) Mm,
0: Absolutely. I
1: mean, I I looked
0: at that and I thought, yeah, there's going to be restrictions in place and, um, you know, there's going to be a huge backlash against China. I I was thinking more trade wars, but I never, ever imagined that it would be like this war against this virus, which could does have the potential of really disturbing the markets and, you know, the global economy.
1: It does, and I, I have looked at that, and you know, it. it I, I my sense was is that China's economy could be disturbed for two or three years, and that these things just, you know, they don't go away as easily as you we would like them to do. And I think when you if you do a lot of research on what's going on, I mean, the nature of this virus is just not, you know, it is it's going to impact the global economies now because I mean we're even starting to get reports of, you know, so so much so much manufacturing comes out of China now that you suddenly get supplies shortages in other countries. Um, I mean, even New York hospitals are worried about getting um, gloves and, and penicillin and, you know, 80% of antibiotics comes out of China now. So it's really kind of, you know, we have, we have you know, we've the world has benefited so much from cheap labor in China and, and cheap Chinese manufacturing. And what happens to the world when that's blocked? So it's a very, very huge thing.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned earlier about the Sadi Sati. So for listeners, that means when uh, Saturn transits the sign before someone's moon, in this case, a country, the moon sign itself, and then the sign after, which actually takes seven and a half years. And that's what Sadi Sati literally means, seven and a half. Can you talk to that a bit, uh, maybe about Sadi Sati? this transit over the moon for individuals and what they may expect um you know for those who are now maybe just starting this or ending it or in the middle of it
1: yeah so sadisat, you know it, it seems for people who know a little vedic astrology um people seem to all know about sadisat and you know i run into all kinds of people and they say oh i'm in my and they feel doomed for seven you know seven and a half years and You know, and that really is kind of a a misnomer. Um, You know, first of all, sadhisat usually means that um, we need to kind of work harder and be more responsible and, you know, kind of let go of things. Usually the sadhisati, you know, the the worst part of it is when the moon goes over the 25th nakshatra from your natal moon. And that's, that's called the mananas nakshatra because that's connected to our mind. And so and I remember going through this a couple of times that it's happened, it's just there's a lot of excessive mental worry that comes up um, when, so, so the worst part of Sadi is usually the 12th house transit to your natal moon, and particularly when it's 25 nakshatras away from where your natal moon is. And so, um, you know, you'd have to work with a skilled uh, Vedic astrologer like Gary or myself to kind of, you know, really kind of hone in exactly when that is. But, all of Sadisat is not horrible, um, and you know there's certain parts of it. Um, it's not like you have seven and a half years of horror. Um, if your Sadisat is happening during a Saturn period, it would be particularly more brutal. Um, if you um, or you know, and then maybe there's certain parts of Sadisat that can be more, more difficult. Um, but it's not, and, 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 you know, it, it's all kind of teaching you to kind of. Be responsible work harder you know develop your um, um, your Saturnian skills find meditation and be good with exercise and yoga and and you know Saturn is always like working hard to make us a better person Um, if we if we if we're willing to do that and not be lazy
0: (laughs) Mm, and and one of the things I always like to think about Saturn is it's um, it's just showing you what you're doing it's just giving you the results because whatever you put in obviously you get back um but i have in terms of the seven and a half year period i've noticed in people's charts where um, and it's this is how it's taught there is definitely sort of a sequential sort of uh there's rhyme and reason for it all when saturn transits to 12 sign from the moon it definitely has a sense of the person sort of wanting to kind of um unsettle themselves in some way and so it kind of affects more personal relationships at that time and of course that has a knock-on effect for when then Saturn moves over the moon and exactly over the moon in that particular month, where it's kind of like, you know, everything, you know, that you've, you've done what, what you put in place. Cause that's what Saturn is all about. It's just, what have you done? What have you put out there? And it comes back. And so a lot of the time people feel that when it transits the moon, exactly. And then I've noticed that, you know, after it transits the moon, the second sign from the moon, it's kind of tying up a lot of loose ends. So it's kind of, for me, and, and my own personal spirits as well as. You know, looking at people's charts, it's only ever when it's exactly over the moon, and that's just a period of a month. So we can look at it as a seven and a half year period, but really the most impactful is that one month.
1: Yeah, I agree, and I I have noticed the one year of the 25th um, nakshatra before the moon is particularly kind of where the subconscious grunge comes up and it's just like this feeling that you've got to change everything and and you know i've got to change jobs i've got to change relationships i've got to move and there's all this kind of unsettledness that kind of comes up you know at that time and then it kind of start you're right then it kind of there's some crisis usually and a kind of like something you i've got to change i can't handle the pressure of saturn on top of my moon i've got to give up my relationship i've got to move i've got to change jobs you know that kind of thing yeah
0: yeah or i've seen it a lot of times as well where people have got to get into a relationship. So, but they need to change something it's this real sense of i need to do something big i need to change the way i'm feeling i can't deal with the way i'm feeling so saturn i think is that that lesson of just look in look within and, and see what's going on and for a lot of people that's very challenging so they you find people who make big changes and travel the world or get married or get divorced or whatever it is so let's let's talk about maybe what that brings up for a lot of people even the fact that we're speaking about saturn now Um, And anytime we speak about Saturn's transits, of course, we're going to bring up fear, you know, in in a lot of people. So let's maybe address fear, because you've written a lot about fear and Saturn and how to deal with fear and fear of the future. That's one of the chapters in your book. So can you you speak to that
1: fear? Yeah, um, you know, one of the things that the most beautiful thing about Saturn, I think, is that it forces us to to kind of move to the present moment. Um, and, um, you know, the present moment is kind of that deepest part of meditation. Saturn likes meditation so much as so as it wants to move us into the present moment, into the deepest point of fear. And, and it will create, um, and to me, Saturn, center's biggest motivation when it's creating fear and anxiety is that it wants to move us to meditation because it wants to move us into the present moment can we take time to smell the roses to kind of be with our children and just be with our pets and be sniffing stuff in the garden or is our mind always anxious about the future the nature of the mind is that it's always kind of worrying about the the future and it's angry about the past and and 99 percent of the things that we worry about never really manifest. And, and usually the things that, you know, hit us, you know, hit us smack on are things that we're not expecting, you know, and, mm-hmm. and so I always, you know, Eckhart Tolle has always been a great mentor of mine. And he always you know, reminds us 99% of the things we fear don't ever manifest. And we have to kind of catch our thoughts as they come up and realize, oh, that's nonsense. And to me, that's the value of astrology. That if we understand, oh Saturn's hitting us, or we're in a Saturn period, or there's a Saturn transit hitting us at key key level, then then we say, oh there goes Saturn again. You can go Saturn, you know. So I have this kind of mantra for Saturn. I, I say, and it happened to me early in my life when I was very anxious and I was starting to study astrology, and I would just I told I I said Saturn, you can go now. I mean sometimes people feel like they're a victim of the planets. But they're not. I mean, we're actually, you know, we're the divine ruler and we actually have command over the planets. I mean, we we have to obey our karma and certainly with Saturn we have to obey our karma. But we have to kind of, we also have to remember that we don't have to be a victim of the planets. If we do enough meditation and yoga, spiritual practice, then we have enough awareness and then we catch the fear coming up and we say, oh, there goes my my fearful mind again, Saturn, you can go now. So to me, that's the essence of how to deal with with fear. I mean, there are a lot of techniques that we can do to overcome fear. I mean, you know, meditation is always the one I always recommend. Um, and I just, I just wrote a, an article on my blog about, you know, nine ways to overcome fear. Um, you know, sometimes we just have to kind of summon up, summon up the courage of the lion, you know, all the animals are kind of archetypes of, you know, emotions that we kind of need to deal with and the lion you know particularly is you know that courageous sometimes we have to sum up the courage of the lion to kind of you know go through whatever we're going through with that fear and just you know say come with me and find that courage the courage of the lion to move forth sometimes we just have to do a lot more exercise and i find that if i get into my body more saturn likes exercise um, uh, then the emotional energy of fear kind of dissipates um, so that's kind of a good thing. And Sometimes, you know, big, huge things happen, you know, and it's like this wave of emotion, some of these huge waves of fear and anxiety, and, and we don't know how to deal with that. And we have to kind of, you know, if you remember, there's a famous classic American short uh, novel called Billy Budd by Herman Melville, and he kind of, um, there's this huge storm, and he straps himself to the mast of, of the ocean, and he rides through the storm, and it's kind of, you know, sometimes we have to take that courage and just kind of embrace the storm you know and and become the storm and when we realize that we are the emotion we are the ocean then we transcend and we realize the emotion is just who we are and even that huge wave and storm of anxiety is even who we are in our inner divinity and and that embraces you know um, and the, and then we can kind of get through it somehow there's kind of a deeper spiritual look at it mm, mm, very good
0: so the other thing I th- I think about when we talk about fear as well and, and anxiety and how Saturn can bring up anxiety is that oftentimes um, Saturn is just showing us the results of what we're doing and perhaps that maybe we need to do it differently or think differently and um, it shows us you know that maybe negative uh, default during a Saturn cycle perhaps but that really it's just you know telling us perhaps we should be doing something and when we don't do it fear just builds and builds we get really anxious because we know we're putting that thing off we need to be doing
1: and you know and it's also if you think about you know even you know you know i know you're involved in ayurveda you know uh, saturn rules the air element or vata and you know if we eat a lot of cold dry foods and you know, we don't, we're not taking care of our body, then fear comes up more. And so we can, we can handle anxiety even through diet, drinking hot liquids, cooling herbal teas like chamomile tea, um, eating hot, unctuous foods instead of kind of, you know, eating on the run and, and eating cold cereal with cold milk or something. All those things kind of increase anxiety, believe it or not. So you have to kind of, Saturn wants us to kind of slow down. And, And, you know, one of the things I've just really kind of discovered about Saturn, you know, it's, well, it's, the slowest pattern, it's the slowest planet, and it doesn't want us to rush around. You know, Saturn and Aries rushes around like a you know rabbit, and it's just like so anxious. But Saturn wants us, you know, to be kind of to slow down, to live a royal life, to smell the roses, to be in the moment, and not rush around. And when we rush around, we get the anxiety. You know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. So t- let's talk about perhaps what happens then when. In um, all this is going well in the first year of this transit we have Saturn in great strength in its own sign Capricorn it's in this lunar mansion Uttarashada so it's very um, well disposed in a way but now let's talk about retrograde so Saturn stations retrograde in May on May 11th and retrogrades back to the very first degree um, or the second degree of Capricorn and then stations direct on September 29th so perhaps you could talk a little bit about Saturn retrograde and how that complicates things
1: you Saturn Saturn retrograde you know first of all if you have it in your natal chart and a lot of people do because it's retrograde five months a year um, you know so when it goes retrograde it kind of triggers um, something darker now the thing is retrograde malefics are more powerful to do harm and I, I noticed that I'm fine with Saturn uh, I have retrograde Saturn in my natal chart, and when Saturn goes retrograde it's just its intensity comes up I, you know malefics, when they get more powerful you know just have more powerful to do more harm and they they seem to stir up more storms and more suffering and and stuff like that so um I find that um you know for you know if you're capricorn rising when saturn goes retrograde it makes it it's stronger actually it makes your body stronger and actually it's more powerful it makes you retrograde planets are more inward but i find that saturn retrograde is um more intense and i also find it's always more intense for the world too and the aspects of a retrograde saturn are going to be more powerful and one of the things that a lot of vedic astrologers haven't been noting everybody's been saying oh wonderful saturn's in capricorn well it's wonderful for whatever house capricorn rules but you know if you're cancer you're getting a strong saturn aspect in cancer if you're a libra you're getting a strong aspect aspecting libra and if you're if you're pisces you're getting a strong sextile aspect to, to pisces and and so when it goes retrograde those those aspects are stronger they're going to create health problems they're going to create more anxiety and stuff like that and and so you know, they're always going to force you to kind of take care of yourself. I think, you know, we have to realize well, what's, what's the message of Saturn. You know, it creates suffering sometimes on, on health because we're not taking care of our body. It's, it's beckoning us to get more exercise, do our yoga, do meditation, take care of our diet. And if we heed that call, you know, ahead of time, if we're preventative and being regimental and Saturn and Capricorn will make us, more disciplined, I think, about taking care of our body. If we heed that call early, then even when it goes retrograde, creates more problems. It, it, you know, it's not a, it's not as big a problem. But if we're not taking care of our body, then it's going to create some, it could create some crisis for certain, you know, individuals in a Saturn period with a difficult Saturn transit to kind of wake them up to like tear, take care of their health.
0: Hmm. Yeah, and I think um, Saturn also in terms of its retrograde and its effect on certain signs that you mentioned. there we could also throw in um, the signs Leo um, Scorpio and Pisces whether that's rising sign or moon sign because Saturn is said to do well in the, um, the third the sixth and the eleventh from any sign Um, Perhaps you'd like to talk a little bit about that because Saturn in the 6th, for example, you know, you're alluding to there about if you improve your health, your daily routines and food habits and all these things, the 6th sign, I mean, Saturn does well in the 6th, so it promotes that, but it doesn't mean it's going to be easy, it just forces you to do those things.
1: Yeah, that's one of the the things that people get wrong. I think when you learn Vedic astrology, they say, oh, Saturns, you know, malefics do good in the third, the you know, the sixth, and the eleventh houses, and you know, but it doesn't mean they don't cause problems first. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, and if they cause problems, they're they're again, they're kind of, you know, it means you have the strength to overcome those problems if the planet has a lot of dignity. But yeah, you're right. I mean, I I do find you know people get all, you know, oh, I've got I've got Mars and Saturn in the sixth. I mean, I've got Mars in the sixth in areas and you do you know i think i guess you do also but it, it's kind of like it's not like it it hasn't created like health problems you know in, in our lives it's just that we often have the strength to kind of deal with them and i think saturn's like that too it's not like it's it's going to create problems at work you know saturn you know house is also everyday work and and it means you know you have to kind of show up and and you know and keep your routine and work hard and 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 you know. It, you know sometimes people expect a picnic with 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 you know some of these transits getting better and it's it's never quite like that with Malefic. i mean they malefics, they always i always like to look at like Saturn as like a good high school coach you know he's always beating you up and making you run the marathon harder to win the race and you know you're glad you get the, you got the trophy but you know you you had to work damn hard and you're not really you never you never really liked him you know I always feel like Saturn's just like a really bad. You Know the politics are always on our side ultimately, you know, and they beat us up sometimes to kind of be a better person, but it doesn't make their life easy, it doesn't make our life easy just because we have a good transit of Saturn, you know,
0: absolutely not. And actually, I can i just think of an example of that is that, um, you know, um, Madonna, because her chart, although a lot of people used to use or still use Leo rising. I came across an interview she did where she claimed to be Aquarius rising. So she's had astrology readings in the past, obviously. But of course, that would be more than likely Capricorn rising in sidereal Vedic astrology. So as soon as I drew her up her chart and looked at Capricorn, I was like, okay, this is Madonna. This fits her perfectly. She's such a hard worker. Um, And as soon as Saturn moved into Capricorn that very week, and let's um, also look at her moon, actually, she has the moon in Leo, which is sixth sign. Um, Capricorn um, and she started having problems with her knees so and then you could see how she was having to really spend a long time doing her warm-ups for the shows because she has these like uh, really expensive sell-out shows around the world more intimate venues which is itself a very kind of Capricorn Saturn kind of thing working hard being more intimate being more close with her audience and she's having to spend longer working out um, so it's like she's having to work harder to just be well so I just thought that was a really good example of Saturn's transit. It's not easy, but she's doing the work and she's getting on with it.
1: Yeah, um, you know, Capric- yeah, Capricorns I find are just you know they're great business people. They're they're you know whenever you you, know, you want to hire them because they're going to work really hard, but they're always really slow. I know I had this um, one of my best secretaries. I mean, she was had an exalted Saturn and she was just very. She was a Capricorn rising, and she. Just, um, you know, she just had this perfection in getting things done. But she she was like three times as slow as anybody that had that ever worked for me. And I had to really kind of like, I had to kind of like adapt to that because, you know. I I have, you know, I've got Mars and Aries and I get things done, you know, three times as quick as anybody. And and to to accept a Capricorn doing three times, you know, being so slow is just so hard. (laughs) So, okay, so let's talk about
0: what Saturn can
1: also show in a chart,
0: because let's face it, it's a slow planet. It's the slowest visible planet. And it can lead to, for some people, um, feelings of depression. So how would you approach that in someone's chart
1: Yeah. Depression. Yeah. Particularly if you see a signature in somebody's chart, Saturn conjunct the moon, Saturn, you know, Saturn and cancer, you know, moon and Capricorn or Aquarius, you know, Saturn, you know, having aspects to the moon. You know, I, I, you know, you find, um, you know, Saturn in, 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 um, Saturn in the moons, nakshatras, you know, like Rohini or, um, Hasta or, um, uh, which, one, which one did I miss? Oh, Shravana uh, no, probably is the one that can handle it the best. But yeah, whenever you get Saturn Moon Associates, you know, uh, you, you you can get depression and Saturn does cause depression. You know, millions of, you know, tw- millions of people suffer from depression. Um, depression needs to kind of be handled. Your meditation is a good antidote for, for depression. Exercise is another really good, you know, you, the, the, the thing about, Um, whenever people have problems with Saturn, you know, whatever it's depression or whatever, you know, the 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 anecdote is usually doing the things that Saturn likes. You know, what does he like? He likes exercise. He likes meditation. He likes yoga. You know, what is it even about yoga that's so wonderful for Saturn is, you know, yoga should be done slowly in the moment. When you're doing your yoga, you shouldn't be like, thinking about what you're going to do when you get home, you know, what happened at the office, you know, you should be like totally focused on your body, 100% in your body, enjoying every movement. And in that slow movement of doing yoga, Saturn blossoms into, you know, into like this this kind of um, being in the moment and feeling the oneness with your body and and moving into deep meditation and yoga nidra. Um, One of my one of a lady that i taught wrote a book on yoga and depression and yoga is this, a wonderful anecdote for de- depression for that reason because it it kind of helps move you into the moment and then from yoga you move into meditation so i, I think um you know many many people suffer from 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 um, depression and you know, if it's severe, obviously sometimes you you know you obviously have to work with a, um, your doctor. And some people really do need medication. There are natural medications that have come out. Um, um, but ultimately, you know, Saturn wants to move you toward yoga, meditation, more exercise to help balance out your system and your emotions. That's what I find. Anyway, what do you what do you what do you notice, Gary? Well,
0: all of that. And I often find that when people come to me for readings, they are already doing those things. Because if I were to say to them, well, first of all, people don't come for a reading when they're in the depths of it. Um, they're just not going to be able to p- pick themselves up and go into a uh, somewhere to to take that on. Because for anyone to actually get an astrology reading in the first place, like, it takes a lot of courage to look at themselves. So when you're in the depths of depression, that's not the time you're probably going to go for a reading. It's afterwards. You want to make, you know, you want to understand what went on. But the thing about Saturn is I find it's like it's impish. So it's like, you know, you need to be doing that thing and eating that thing and living that way. And Saturn, yes, is like the antidote is like the sun or everything you said, like it's light, it's energy, it's exercise, it's rhythm, getting that rhythm back to because we, we, we lose our rhythm in the Saturn cycle, don't we? It's like that Saturnian time of year, the darkness in the winter. And so um, it's not always easy to do. It's like that impish quality of Saturn that, oh, I know I should be doing that, but I'm just not going to. I'm just not going to do it. Um, and that's what I find a lot with Saturn, that it shows you what you should be doing or the results of what you've done. And it's kind of like someone who's like um, not able to stick to a diet because they're being criticized. Oh, why can't you do this, this and this? Do you know what I mean? It just kind of reinforces it in a way. And that's the, I think the impish quality of Saturn It's and it, it, ultimately, I think Saturn actually gets really gets us to experience our karma. It's like we put something out there and we're going to experience it back. And I think the best way to deal with that initially, first and foremost is actually to accept what's coming back and then not react so strongly to it. Just sit with it for a bit. And that's why you say like with meditation, um, uh dealing with depression. Just sit with it. Just be with it for a while before maybe jumping into any sort of remedial measures straight away. That's that's my experience of it personally and also dealing with people who come to me.
1: And that that's a good point. I mean we always have to remember that sometimes I mean Saturn finally has dignity in in um in Capricorn. So, um, but but still, most of the time when we when we have Saturn, we experience Saturn. If we, don't, we most of us don't have dignity in our in our natal chart, um, you know, it create you know the dark side of Saturn is it can be very lazy. You know, it just it's so slow to get going and and you know to to move out and and you know Saturn requires, I mean, you know Saturn wants to teach us discipline and discipline is is just you know for people who aren't. You know, born with that, you know, it's just, you know, it, it's hard to do because you're lazy. And and I I never know how to teach discipline. You know, I was born with an exalted Saturn, and um, I've been very kind of disciplined about regular meditation since I was 18, and I know it's kind of saved my life. Um, and I know it's kind of a gift of many lifetimes. But I, you know, most of the time, you know, when I, you know, try to inspire people to like meditate regularly and do their yoga regularly and do their exercise regularly. You're right. It's just like Saturn has that impish quality. It's like, nah, I'm too lazy. You know, (laughs) I'm going to put it off. I'm (laughs) going to procrastinate. And that's,
0: that's the interesting thing about it really is that, you know, it is showing us what we're, we're experiencing and it's, it's intense and um, it's intense because it's slow. It's not going anywhere anytime
1: soon because it moves so slowly through our chart. Yes. Yes. And, and, um, um, so, it, it really kind of, um, the key word I always want to say about Saturn is, you know, patience. I mean, Saturn wants to teach us patience. And, you know, you think of, like, Saturn in Aries, it's just, like, the most impatient. It just can't deal, it, you know, it, it rushes around and it makes mistakes. And, and, you know, and, and, you know, when Saturn's exalted, you know, it could be patient. My wife always tells me I have this, like, she can't believe I'm so patient because I've got the, I've got an exalted Saturn aspected by Jupiter. And, and she says, I can't believe you're so patient. And, you know, I, I think it's, it's just taken lifetimes to get that, get to get to that level. But it's, it's the hardest thing. How do you teach people patience? You know, mm-hmm. um, the only, the only way you can, you know, patience is like being in the moment. It's like, yes, I've got to just, you know, you know, it's going to take its time. It's going to happen when it wants to finish. It's like I have, you know, I have to let go. You know, how do we, how do you teach people that? You know, I I don't know. I think I think,
0: I think I think life teaches that to people really. I mean, in looking back in my own life and my own Saturn transits and cycles and so on, no matter how much you've studied these things in books, you experience it and you know you know, it just, it doesn't work like you thought it would work. You don't, you're not able for the things that, you know, you were before. You're not able to do the things you know you should be doing and all these things. Because like you say, not everyone has an exalted Saturn and can take it on. Not everyone can deal with that much pain. And for some people, it is crushing. So I just think it's important to first step, acknowledge, accept, be with it for some time. And as much as you can then, antidote it with the opposite quality of the Sun and bring in light because one thing about Saturn is that it just builds up toxins in the body in the mind it just builds up that sense of you know lethargy and sort of depression maybe even for people and it's just you need to get that moving there's no you can't jump from a depressed state to a very balanced enlightened state you have to go through a lot of um, movement and that might mean a lot of frustration and aggravation and anger and all of that coming up but I think it's a it's a process definitely.
1: That's that's a good word that you brought up because I think pain because you know one of the one of, to me one of the carcas or one of the signifiers for Saturn is is pain and it it, it you know it, it it does bring up you know physical pain when it hits you know hits you in the wrong time and at the wrong wrong place and and you know pain also just kind of requires you know to to be patient with it and our society can't take can't deal with pain or depression and they you know they numb themselves out with you know, drugs and alcohol and, 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 medication. And, you know, you know, uh, it, and, and yet at some point, if you, if you, if you, if you talk to really kind of pain therapist, sometimes you're, you're right, you have to just kind of like, if you feel it, if you put your awareness on it, sometimes it will just dissipate, you know, but we, most of us don't have the patience to do, to do that with pain. And so we just do whatever we can to run away from it. But Santa requires us to like, be patient with it, to experience it. And it's very hard. Very hard, very hard,
0: very hard, but absolutely necessary. And one of the things I'm thinking about when, when you're talking is that this I have this theory, basically, that Saturn is in our modern era and in modern astrology demonized because we really shun Saturn. We really in the new age philosophy, which is all about you can manifest whatever you want. You can be do anything you want if you can just visualize it and manifest it. And if it doesn't come easy, it's not meant for you. And so what that does, um, and of course, unintentionally, but what it does is actually shun Saturn and the darker sides of Saturn come out then because Saturn is a stoic philosophy. It's like, yes, things are con- going to come into lo- in our lives and they're going to knock us for six and we're not going to be able to deal with it sometimes. And we have to accept that. Um, and the stoic philosophy is well, accept those things and work with what you can work with, change what you can change. So I think that's why a lot of the times in modern astrology, um, we it gets a bad rap Saturn. Let's face it.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's true. I I think um you know one of the things I always one of the anecdotes I always tell people for Saturn is Jupiter. And so, so Saturn, one of the things that happens about you know I I find is chronic about Saturn. Obviously, is complaining. You know um and and complaining is exhausting. If you had to complain. You know, if you if you talk, if you meet somebody who's complaining for like 45 minutes, you want to run away. And, you know, that happens all the time with people. And, and you know, and if we actually consciously complained, we just see how exhausting it is, because that's what Saturn does. It creates exhausting. And so you, so you have to kind of change the energy. You have to kind of be grateful. I mean, you yeah, know, you know, in any day. Uh, any given day, you know, one horrible thing is going to happen, and and you know maybe ten good things happen. But we're going to come home and complain a, for an hour about the one thing that went wrong. And you you have to kind of like focus on the things that 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 went well. We have to feel gratitude for all the things that we have. And, I, and every every day, sometimes there there are wonderful things happening in our life. And you know, do we acknowledge them? And to me, the biggest antidote for Saturn is Jupiter. We have to like. You Know focus on the things that work and feel the gratitude, otherwise, um, you know, Saturn will take over and make us miserable,
0: yes. And I think it'll be interesting with this uh, upcoming Jupiter Saturn conjunction by December and the solstice this year, um, because we're bringing those two energies together. And one being the Jupiter uh, philosophy being the new age philosophy, or more in line with that, at least, in that, yeah, we can. Make gratitude lists and you know be grateful for what we do have. But uh, what you read with the Stoic philosophers is that that can get uh, really habituated very quickly. You know, if you start writing your gratitude list, he's like, well, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm grateful, but you know, yeah, it's I'm you just take it for granted after a while. But if you approach it like a Stoic and you actually imagine the things that you have in your life and the people in your life as already gone, like you're you're already dead. Imagine that, like the meditation on you're six feet under. And the appreciation the gratitude that you feel from that uh, route is so so much more profound and that doesn't get old do you know what I mean
1: yeah that that's beautiful Gary and it's like um you know do we ever feel you know grateful for the, for our ability to see you know you meet if you if you visit a blind school or something and you you know you see what people have to go through you know you just suddenly have incredible gratitude for something simple like your sight that we take for granted or you know you you know if you work with a handicapped and you suddenly realize you know you can walk you can run you know um um you know we there's so many little things that we forget to feel gratitude for and i think Santa sometimes will temporarily take them away and 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 then they'll remind us that you know god we're not even feeling grateful for that you know it's, it's when we get sick and saturn makes it sick and then we get better that we suddenly realize oh my god my body i just like i wasn't paying attention to it like i really need to love it more i need to feed it better i need to exercise it saturn wakes us up to feel gratitude
0: absolutely absolutely and i think um even having said all that, (laughs) having said all that, um, and you know, all about fear and anxiety and depression. I mean, we cannot really talk about Saturn, uh, and talk about 2020 transits and going forward without talking about what's been happening. I mean, it's been quite something and there, there are a lot of things to complain about and that doesn't help in any way to do so. But there are a lot of things that we can just acknowledge and just accept. And a lot of people who are putting up with a lot, um, in the world right now you know and you can list them all but if we talk about saturn's conjunction with pluto that's one big thing of course um and then finishing out this year 2020 with the saturn conjunction with jupiter would you like to speak a little bit about that
1: yeah saturn pluto is um um you know it it it, can be very 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 intense i certainly i've been i've been noticing it i think it, it particularly can kind of force, you know, the completion of, you know, major events. I, I was, I wrote a in, in my almanac last year. I wrote a kind of a whole chapter on Saturn-Pluto conjunctions in Sagittarius, and and because Saturn was completing in Sagittarius and Pluto is completing in Sagittarius, it's going to go into Capricorn actually next month, and then it'll retrograde back. But it, it it's it's to me it's like it's completing all the stuff that's been going on in the last 12 years or something. It's like Whatever house is connected to um, Sagittarius in your chart, it's like, you know, um, Saturn Pluto is kind of forcing you to kind of do the hard work and complete the transformation that's needed. So let's say if you're Gemini rising and and you've had a difficult relationship um, in, in your life for the last seven, you know, last 12 years that you haven't moved through, the Saturn Pluto conjunction is just kind of forcing you to complete your, your relationship issues and to transform them or to leave them, you know? So, so to me, Saturn and Pluto just, um, sometimes it creates overpowering energies that force us to, to, um, you know, to, to complete really big events in our life and, and to, to make those changes. And they're never easy. And if we don't, do them, then we're kind of forced into some kind of situation where we're we're which is totally uncomfortable and we're forced to do them. So you have to be kind of aware of what they are and then to to make those completions. Um, um, anyway, that, that's my thought on Saturn and Pluto. Mm. Uh,
0: that's 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 a great point actually. Uh, approaching it that way and understanding what it what is it that needs to end that maybe. Or, or change something and redo it it might not need to be completely removed from your life but it might need to be completely uh, dismantled and built up again into something complete or what seems something completely new um but can you then talk about because we have also then pluto i know this is not about jupiter uh this podcast but we have jupiter meeting with pluto for most of the year then before it then meets with saturn in december do you want to um uh just give voice to that
1: yeah, I, I I think, I mean, I, I feel like um, Jupiter is kind of the saving grace here. I know a lot of the Western astrologers have been kind of, you know, waiting for the world to end here, you know, with Saturn-Pluto conjunct, you know, last January. And, you know, it did kind of really kind of bring up this ugly coronavirus thing. But um, I, I have to think that, that, you know, Jupiter having such strong dignity in Sagittarius and then moving towards Saturn and Pluto, you know, is bringing that grace to get through our problems. So, um, you know, you know, uh, it's difficult and even Jupiter and Capricorn, you know, Jupiter, Jupiter even, you know, has to work three times as hard in Capricorn, but Jupiter still brings that grace to kind of get (laughs) to deal with these huge problems. So I do feel like Jupiter is going to kind of, you know, come to the rescue. Um, in terms of the world, I'm always I've always been kind of feeling, um, you know, you know, uh, and I have written a lot about this in, in my almanac last year. You know, we, we 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 seem to be coming to the, you know, the a, a, a lot of crises um, that have been going on for years are kind of coming up to heal in the world. I mean, the pedophilia crises that you know there seems to be more awareness about it, and and it seems like some of the players that have been kind of instigating and creating these, these gangs of, um, you know, abductions and, you know, the whole Jeffrey Epstein, Epstein thing came out this year and that's just the tip of the iceberg. But, but I, I feel like Jupiter, um, you know, the Saturn and Pluto, Jupiter thing is kind of, kind of going kind to of come in to kind of complete, you know, the awareness of what's been going on and bring the truth to all of this Um, and you know, there are other, there are other, you know, World crises and, and things that have been kind of hidden and are extremely dark. You know, the Pluto, Saturn, uh, Pluto energy, very dark. They're coming up the whole, the whole deep state. You know, the way the world's run and the awareness of, 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 you know, what needs to change. And I, I, I feel like there's a lot of energy up with Jupiter and Sagittarius uh, and moving towards Saturn and Pluto to kind of unearth these deep dark secrets and then to, to transform them in a positive way. So I, you know, I'm, I'm positive for it. And it, you know, we've, you know, it it may be going on all year because Jupiter goes into Capricorn and then it goes retrograde back into Sagittarius and it's going to come forward. And it's usually the third part of the transit that the, the the best energy comes. So I I I feel, feel, feel like coming into the fall, In September, when we have a lot of planets in dignity, um, there's going to be a lot of energy to kind of complete a lot of these deep transformations that are up in the world.
0: Mm. Good point. And actually, it's interesting how your approach and your thought was how, well, of course, Jupiter is grace. So obviously it is the same grace. But my initial thought for that was, you know, Jupiter moving into Capricorn, it's seen usually as debilitated at its weakest. But with Saturn there cancelling it, that that, in fact, was what was kind of saving us. So I was almost looking at Saturn as saving Jupiter uh, in a way. And I'm reminded of that story. I don't know if you know that story about uh, Gajendra and the the, uh, crocodile uh, biting the elephant, Gajendra, you know, in the muddy waters. And, um, you know, that's Jupiter in Capricorn. Uh, And literally, Makara is the... Uh, Sanskrit word for crocodile which is the name given to uh, Capricorn and in that in his trials and in all his pain the elephant uh, still in that moment uh, offers a flower to Vishnu to God which is it's a striking image obviously if you see it like you'll see it's just so striking how even with this going on he's offering up everything so it's kind of like we're in that situation I feel in the world where as bad as it gets if we can just offer it up you know
1: that's beautiful gary yeah i i um you know i love i love to actually send me that story i'd love to to read it um yeah
0: and even just looking at the the image that a lot there are lots of paintings online about uh, on that and it's just a really striking you know and it and there was a story actually last year i remember of i don't know if you saw it in the news of a herd of elephants in thailand that were drowned trying to save one of their calves and it was just there's something about that. You know, I, I, I just you just looked at that and it was just very disturbing, obviously. Um, and it's kind of like it's, it was like an omen, really, in a sense of where we are in the world ethically and morally, you know, where big business takes over all these concerns. And, and at the same time, even though we're at that low point, there's something saving us. You know, like you said, that saving grace, I feel. So there's kind of, you know, it's got to get really bad, I guess, before it can get better. I guess that's the way another yeah. way of putting it.
1: Yeah, I, I do think you know we we definitely are coming to this kind of crisis in, in business. I mean, to me, you know, Capricorn. I mean, the, the the big the big I think the ethical quandary of of Capricorn is because Jupiter owns the twelfth and the third that it, it it does lack ethics and and just business by nature just somehow is always cutting corners and you know creating you know eventually creating scandals to kind of make more money and. And you know this is certainly going to kind of to come to a head in the next year or so. And and yet you know can Jupiter, can that double transit, which happens every 20 years, 20 20 years, is you know kind of going to bring some, um, some some grace to kind of you know get us through this whole issue. And and you know, some you know God always has a plan. And even these this coronavirus thing, I think it's kind of like, um, you know it it. Whenever we have these huge kind of crises, I think people come together to help each other and creates more humanity. So I'm I'm hoping that um, you know as much you know the media is always stirring up fear, but but you know inevitably these these world crises kind of create more humanity for people helping each other.
0: Absolutely, and I think you know looking forward as well with that um, in China, you know as as you mentioned about China having Capricorn rising and the moon there. Um, and Saturn pretty much stationing over the moon. So they're in that sort of more intense part of that transit of Saturn and the moon for Capricorn, of course rules the seventh sign, which is You know relationships and in a country's chart, obviously that's other countries So how they're literally it's amazing. I mean, you could not make this up I mean if you had to sit down and try and imagine how could this literally this transit literally play out you probably wouldn't be as that, obvi- that obvious about it and it literally is playing out that obviously china is having to go into literally lockdown do you know what i mean Right. so i just find that fascinating with astrology because oftentimes when i'm uh, writing reports and looking at transits i'm like well i can't say that because that's way too obvious you know and it's kind of like (laughs) you you kind of you try and be a bit more vague to kind of maybe capture the essence of it so that you don't want to say anything but a lot of the times it's that obvious
1: yeah, 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 it, it, yeah, it is. And I think. I mean, we certainly have, you know, with some of even the minor transits going on. I mean, we'll have Mars going into Capricorn, and that's going to kind of stir the pot a little bit. But you know, ultimately, that's probably good to bring some energy to kind of heal the situation too. So, mm-hmm. I, 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 I've been a little bit concerned about K2 um, getting off track here a little bit. But um, K2 is in um, in the fourth pada of Mula until about March 18th, and and that's always the you know, the the biggest is called Ashtamamsha. It's the eighth, you know, there's an eight relationship because, um, K2 is going to be in Sagittarius, but it's in Cancer and Navamsha, So there's an eight relationship and that pot is always so I've been watching. I watched Saturn go through it. I watched Jupiter go through it. You know, now we've got K2 going through it. It just, you know, it just stirs the pot of really deep, dark karmic energies that have to come out to heal. And, and, um, and we've got Mars going through it this week. And, um,
0: um, yeah, it's, and, it's reaching, reaching ahead, actually, this week with Mars and K2. K2, by the way, for listeners, is the south node of the moon.
1: And then we also have Mars going over the eclipse point. Uh, the, the solar eclipse this year uh, was at 10 degrees Sagittarius. And so Mars is going to conjunct that point on uh, Saturday. Um and, and gonna be conjunct K two. So it's kinda that of, we we have to have some big black swan event this weekend. Um and I'm not sure what it's gonna be. I hope it's gonna be peaceful, but you know, Mars K two is always explosive for war or terrorism, or something I know the, the news this week we already had Turkey kind of bombing Libya or something like that so you know you, you always it's uh, as a as a mundane astrologer it's always easy pr- to predict more as K2 and terrorism and explosions and violence and rioting and stuff like that and you, you don't want it to happen I think this year it's a little bit better because Jupiter's in there but you
0: know, mm. but or but is it though that's the thing is it because well another thing you could look at is K2 the south node K2 rules viruses interestingly and its conjunction sure. with Jupiter during the eclipse in december is what triggered all of this because jupiter in this case it's a planet of expansion but what is it expanding obviously in this case it expanded a virus
1: yeah yeah you're right you're right i mean it's it's um you know like i said i i you know i wrote an article about the coronavirus already and i you know i i just don't think it's going to go away easily and and i i unfortunately i mean I, i hope it goes away quickly I, I you know I hope, but I, I just I just don't see it going away easily. It just seems like at least 14 months. When you look at the Chinese chart and the Chinese doshas, and and you, when you look at the transits, it just seems like you know uh, if we're going to feel you know, and they they even think it could take you know that long to to get a vaccine. And you know I, I never mm. quite believe in vaccines anyway. But but
0: really, does it ever go away? Because if you look back to the last time Saturn and Pluto uh, came together in Sideria Libra. That's when the AIDS virus occurred. Um, well, occurred or not, I don't know. This That's when it came to uh, the public awareness. And so there was a huge panic and fear around that. That was the last Saturn-Pluto conjunction. And guess who was with them at that time? It's Jupiter. Jupiter was with Saturn and Pluto in Libra in a sign related to sex and obviously sexually transmitted disease. And so that hasn't gone away. HIV hasn't gone away. They've just nowadays, HIV, is, the sting has been taken out of it uh, largely because now they've done this eight year study where you can't, where they realized if you're on proper meds, you can't pass it on, even with unprotected sex. So the, a lot of the fear has been taken out of HIV. And interesting, I've seen a, a news report in Japan. They're now starting to test HIV uh, retroviral drugs on coronavirus patients. So that's kind of coming full circle again.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is, that's that's fascinating. Yeah, I, I, I had looked at that um I, I had looked at that Saturn Pluto conjunction in HIV and I you know mentioned that. But it's um uh, my friend um Juliana Swanson did a wonderful article on epidemics on pandemics rather, and she looked at all the major she looked at eight or nine major pandemics, you know, that the world has gone through. And and we she you know, she said that we don't have the signatures for a pandemic, so um, you know, uh, um, so, so hopefully, you know, hopefully, you know, it's it's not like we're looking at millions and millions of people dying, but we, you know, this this is bigger than than we can imagine. Um, and well, it's, it's,
0: time- it's certainly bigger than SARS, put it that way.
1: Yes, yes, yes. But it's 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 probably not the Spanish influenza epidemic or anything like that where we lost 50 million people. But Mm -hmm. people are, you know, the media is kind of, you know, they get they get revenues by kind of hyping these things. And that's what they're doing. So it'll continue.
0: I'm just thinking we've really gone there, Barry. We've gone into the the meat and, and the bones of it um with saturn and pluto and saturn jupiter coming together can we maybe just briefly look forward before we wrap it up in terms of saturn's transit moving forward because saturn is strong for many years now through its own signs capricorn and aquarius can you talk a little bit about maybe next year when it moves into the next lunar sign shravana and then uh the next one then Danishta, and how that transitions into aquarius just maybe taking a brief look forward in, in true Saturn form, I suppose, looking ahead and maybe getting anxious. No, only kidding. You know, just maybe give us that kind of heads up about what to expect in some shape or form.
1: Well, Saturn, um, those are good questions. You know, one of the things I always remind people about is um, S- Saturn transits tend to ripen the last 20 degrees. And so um, to, to to me, actually, the intensity of Saturn is a little bit over because when we hit 20 degrees Sagittarius to, 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 to zero degrees Capricorn, and that's always the most intense part of the transit, the last 10 degrees. So w- w- until we until we hit 20 degrees again, which you can maybe look up quickly so I don't rust, rust, rustle my papers, I think, um, you know, S- Saturn is, is a little bit more dormant. Um, you know, it's, it's the last 10 degrees that are most problematic. And Saturn and Shravana, um, you know, tends to be... Um, Saturn Saturn in Shravana, you know, kind of forces us to kind of um, deal with our emotions because it's hitting the moon. So, I mean, I suppose on some level it can bring up more world depression, you know, on on some level. But, but, you know, it it will kind of force the world to kind of maybe deal with depression. Depression is kind of a... um, has a lot of stigma to it. I mean, people who are depressed are afraid to kind of come out and say they're depressed. I mean, I'm even dealing with this in my family at the moment. Uh, people who are depressed are afraid to talk about their depression. I suppose, I suspect that Saturn and Travana will kind of trigger, you know, healing around this whole stigma and issue around world depression. Um, um, you know, Saturn struggles in, in Travana, I think, um, um, with with its emotion. Um and at the same time, you know, it can be an extremely spiritual time because, you know, um, Shravana is the constellation where we kind of can hear the Vedas, where we can kind of cognize the Vedas and where we can kind of tune in and, and channel, you know, the, our inner voices. And, and so, when Saturn in, in Shravana, you know Saturn has that really deep spiritual side to it. I think Saturn in Travana can force us, you know, if we're, we're deeply spiritual and we do enough meditation, to hear our inner voice, our inner spiritual voice, and to kind of express that in writing and in, in words. And and so that's the positive side of it. But I think on a darker side, it's going to force the world to deal with with its its with, with its emotional fears, um, and to, to and its depression and to over and to move through them. Mm. So
0: that's twenty twenty one when um from January twenty one to January twenty two when Saturn will be moving through that lunar mansion. And then in twenty two, from January to twenty uh twenty three, January, Saturn will be in that Danista, which takes us from Capricorn into Aquarius. What would you say about that transit?
1: Yeah, you know, um to me is a, an extremely kind of prosperous um Nakshatra, and, and I always find people always have a lot of money when they have a lot of key planets in Dhanistha, um, and even even though it's connected to Mars, and you know, it can kind of create you know some kind of tension there. I I, I think it can you know, um, uh, to me the final part of a Saturn transit in Capricorn and Dhanistha, you know, can be a kind of material manifestation. I mean, one of the things we should understand about Positive side of, of Capricorn and Saturn in Capricorn is that it can, you know, particularly with Juno Jupiter helping, is that it can bring a lot of of material manifestation with hard work, you know. And so, things that we start now in terms of building our business and building, you know, you know, you know, with hard work over the next couple of years are going to come to fruition in Dineshda, I think. Um, um, mm. But I still think Dineshda, too has to kind of um, you know, more the highest aspect of Mars is is always service, and I think Dineshda, uh Saturn in in in, in, in Dineshda has to kind of struggle with doing more service work and and letting go of ego and helping people. And um, I I think, you know, Saturn ultimately, you know, Saturn has a really wonderful side to it. You know, it really can foster service and responsibility and helping humanity. And I think. Um, in, in Dineshda, it needs to kind of reach forward and find its highest um service orientation in helping the world. And and if it does that, um and it can because Saturn, you know, has dignity. Uh, I I, th- I think, you know, people can come together and help each other in whatever crises are kind of kind of coming together.
0: I I think that's as good a place as I need to leave it on Saturn, Barry. Thank you so much for your insights into the planet of what is for a lot of people a, a, a difficult planet, um, but it's a planet of karma. It shows us what we get. Uh, what we put in is what we get out. And, and if we work hard in these years, I think we can get out uh, an awful lot. Um, if we put a lot of effort in, a lot of hard work. So thank you, Barry. Um, I'd like to wrap up um, always with these quick fire round of questions, if you don't mind um, um, indulging me. Just sure. a few questions, just to wrap up. Um, so um, just um, in terms of Vedic astrology, because uh, obviously for listeners who are not familiar with it, this is an Indian astrology, Hindu astrology. We use the Sideria Zodiac. Um, what do you envision for the future of Vedic astrology?
1: Well, you know, it, it seems like, you know, I first got involved in Vedic astrology in 1985, and, and it seems like, you know, the world has been opening up more and more, to Vedic astrology, and and you know, you know, I I, I ran into uh, 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 Jeffrey Armstrong, who was one of the fathers of bringing Vedic astrology to to the West, and he actually coined the word Vedic astrology because it used to be called Hindu astrology. Um, and uh, you know, when when I look at what what's happened, you know, you know over over 50 years, you know, it really has, you know, people you know people do know about it now. It, it's it's not this obscure thing and and even western astrologers are turning to vedic astrology because they know it's better at timing so i I see more and more opening up of of the world to vedic astrology and and um i see that with increased conference attendance in sedona where i go every year and speak and so um people are excited about vedic astrology i think it has a bright future
0: good so um, next question Uh, what role do you see technology playing in that future
1: you know, technology has been been wonderful. I, at the very beginning, and you know, when I got into Vedic astrology, I was calcul You know, that we were just getting the computer programs, and they weren't very good. And um, you know, I was calculating do- uh, dashas by hand on five levels. You know, <laughs> it, it's really it's really kind of amazing now. You you know, all, all these. Um, uh, you know, for years, when you wanted to become a Vedic astrologer, you would apprentice with. your your master and just learn the mathematics and do his charts for, you know, four or five years because, you know, and actually that was one way of cultivating, you know, Joturvid on the level of consciousness. And I think because I did a lot of that in the early days, I think I I developed that connection. So I think it's important sometimes even to learn the mathematics by hand, but um, you know, we're, we're, we're spoiled now. I mean, I can, there are all these things that you can spit out on your Vedic charts, you know, on a push of a button that we, you know, People in India have gotten lazy doing, and and it, it's it's so wonderful what technology has done. The scary part of technology to me is always that, um, you know, it's moving us away from spirituality sometimes. I mean, it's, it can it should deepen spirituality now because we can get all the spiritual knowledge in, in Vedic astrology at the push of a button. But we have the whole threat now of 5G coming to the world, you know, that once once you know wants us to go faster and faster, and it really. You know the studies on 5G are showing that you know it's just very bad for human physiology. So um, there's always a threat with um, you know, Ra who governs technology, and he's a demon on some level. He wants more and more and more, and and, and at the same time, um, he 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 will he, he's a malefic. He's going to cause a lot of problems, you know, uh, in the process. <laughs> mm, absolutely, yeah, it's kind of like
0: just obsessive quality as well that kind of blocks things as well. Um, another next
1: question: What would you do if you were not an astrologer? Uh, that's that's a that's a really interesting question. You know, I've been um, I have a deep love of of healing and counseling. So if I if I weren't incorporating Vedic astrology into my you know in my um, uh, into my kind of healing and counseling practice, I would probably just be very involved in transformational healing with people.
0: Hmm. Great. Um, and uh, how were you first introduced to astrology? And was it love at first sight?
1: Um, I, I, I had my, I was first introduced to Vedic astrology in 1985, when a friend suggested that I have a reading with Chakrapani Ullal, who's just recently passed about a year or so ago. And, um, you know, I, I, I was at the end of my Venus period, it was a very kind of difficult time for me. And, and, um, I was, I was feeling very anxious and he said, you know, you know, your life is really going to open up. You're going to go into the sun period and things are really going to kind of uplift you. And it was really kind of, wonderful seeing into the future and, and you know and that it came to pass and so I I started studying Vedic astrology um, on my own in the community that I lived in in Fairfield Iowa was very involved in Vedic knowledge and they even have a they have a PhD program in Vedic studies here even and and um, I was you know able to get a lot of uh, Vedic astrology books and um, I just started kind of I must have remembered it from past lives and I just you know it just kind of came to me because I just you know i just remembered it and it's been this kind of process of remembering it
0: mm. and next question that would lead into that would be who are your teachers what, what's your background
1: well it's it's interesting um when when i had um when i was learning vedic astrology you know it wasn't there weren't people teaching it we didn't have the internet where you you know and and it was actually very difficult to look, you know to find a teacher and i was very fortunate, James Bra had written this kind of book, uh, you know, uh, vid- um, ancient Hindu astrology for the, you know, for the Western astrologer, and you know, it was a big. I, I learned a lot from from James and his books, and then I was getting all these books from Raman and and K. Rao and all these books from India, and somehow I was able to kind of pick it up because I just, you know, I I guess I got Jupiter, like I got Jupiter conjunct Ketu and in the eighth and. I just somehow was, understood all these books that most people can't understand and it just kind of learned it. And then later, uh, later in life, I've kind of um, um, picked up, um, you know, as as you know, Vedic astrology is kind of an endless ocean. And so I've been sitting with Camilla Sutton and Mark Boney and Sanjay Roth and, you know, picking up classes, you know, um, on the Internet and things like that. And, you know, you can always learn more. Mm.
0: always there's always more and more which is what i love about it um okay finally barry um thank you so much for
1: your time but last question is where
0: can people find out more about you and your work
1: so my, my website is um uh a, appliedvedicastrology.com, applied, applied vedic applied a p p l i e d vedic v e d i c astrology.com you can also friend me under barry rosen on facebook i have a daily blog and my blog is also repeated on my on my website, um, if you like our talk on Saturn, I just published part one of my book, um, Mysteries of Saturn, um, which is a PDF that you can download on my website for $8.95. Shameless plug here. And part two hopefully will come out in the spring and it'll be another 150 pages because Saturn is rather uh, demanding. And given that we're doing a Saturn book, you know, if it took two two years, I suppose it wouldn't be a surprise.
0: You know? <laughs> That's not a surprise at all. No, no, no. So thank you so much, Barry. Thank you for sharing your knowledge and your wisdom. I've really enjoyed this conversation and I hope we can do this again sometime.
1: Yes, please, Gary. It was wonderful. We always have good synergy. I always like working with you and talking with you. Great. Thanks, Barry.
0: So that's all from me for now. Thank you for listening. And if you have a specific topic you'd like me to delve into, please feel free to drop me a line at info at Until next time.